1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is
2: Believe.
1: It's an off to McCaffrey. There he goes. It's a C-back attack.
2: McCaffrey, to beat. This is Desmond Johnson on the Believe and Carolina Panthers podcast here on the Believe Podcast Network And welcome into a brand new spanking new edition of the Believing Carolina Panthers podcast. I'm your host, Desmond Johnson, joined by Sports Illustrated Skylar Callahan and former Panther running back Jonathan Stewart. Uh, you can catch us every week on the Believe podcast networks, new episodes coming down the pike. And in fact, after next week, you'll start getting two episodes a week uh, from us, one at the uh, beginning of the week, recapping the Panthers previous game. One towards the end of the week, giving you a preview, and uh, catching up on any news and notes from the Panthers over the course of that week. So we are your authority for Panthers news, information, analysis, hot takes, anything you want. We got it here for you here on the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Today, we got a loaded show. Uh, as you know, the Panthers emerged victorious from Buffalo uh, this past Friday night, but not without some uh, some injuries uh, that happened during that game. Uh, the biggest one in particular, well, the two biggest ones, uh, the Sam Darnold. And uh, kicker Zane Gonzalez, we'll get into those in just a bit, see the severity of those. Uh Instant reactions, we'll start doing this at the beginning of each week. Of course, the Panthers had their uh, coaches and players press conference right after practice today. Uh, Skyler was there for those, but we've pulled a couple clips from Coach Matt Rule and uh, uh P.J. Walker. So we'll talk about those and give you our instant reactions. And wild predictions, league version, we're going to actually give you, we're going to go around – give you our wild predictions from uh not no panther predictions we won't do that until next week as we get ready for the season opener but uh these will be NFL league wide wild wild predictions and both Stu and Skyler have separately told me that they've got some off the chain wild predictions to throw out here so uh I'm almost nervous to ask what <laughs> what these guys have been thinking about in terms of this season but before we get into all of that let's hear a word from our main sponsor at bet online online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head over to Bet online today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit, Bet Online, where the game starts and where our podcast starts this week, is an injury update. Uh, we actually, I think, we ended the podcast last week talking about how we just wanted to get through this last preseason game healthy. Uh, I think that was, I think that was your uh, thing, Stu, that you just wanted us all to get out here healthy, and it just backfired. Uh, I mean, I, I should not <laughs> have,
3: have said anything. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it must have jinxed us or something, but. Uh, yeah, you Man. don't want that to happen ever.
2: And it was um, positions that we really couldn't afford to, to have injuries at. It's crazy that, I don't know, eight days ago, we had four quarterbacks on this roster, and or maybe a little bit longer, about 10 days ago, we had four quarterbacks, and now we're down to two. And yeah. um, it's not the two we thought we would have uh, at this point, but it's the two we're going to go into the season with, I think. We'll we'll talk about that here in a bit. But uh, Skyler, give us an update on Sam Darnold. Uh, he suffered a significant high ankle sprain in that 21 to zero win over the Buffalo Bills. Uh what have you heard in terms of severity, recovery time? Are they going to put them on IR? What have you what have you been hearing from the team?
0: Yeah, well before I do that, I will say I, I'll take the blame for Zane Gonzalez. I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I may have uh I may have talked a little bad mouth. Uh, I may have bad mouthed Joey Sly a little bit on my ESPN hit last week. So oh, no. Some it's karma coming back, but yeah, that's what you get, man.
1: <laughs> oh, man <laughs> uh, but uh,
0: but yeah, I mean, hey, Steve Smith did it too. So I mean, that's right? uh, Steve, well, Steve, Steve Smith, though. Steve, Steve put, yeah.
3: Steve, yeah. Steve put on a helmet yeah. and shoulder pads and a Carolina Panther
2: <laughs> <That>
0: is- <Pemple laughs> So He does
2: that with everybody. So even the ones that are like in the booth with him. So he,
0: yes yeah. that's, that's <laughs> what I love about Steve. Is, like, yeah. He speaks his mind. I love it. Yeah. I, I love the, the preseason broadcast. I wish he was on the regular season, too. But yeah. Um, but as far as Sam, they're, they're getting a second opinion. Um, don't know if there's any severity to it. Um, they don't even know the grade of the sprain yet. At least if they do, they're not saying it. Um, but it does look like it's going to be at least four weeks. They won't – he will not confirm. Matt Rule won't confirm that it's four to six because it could be longer. So, it's definitely a month which – if my math is correct, I think that would bring him back if it's four weeks for the Saints game, week three. So it's not terrible, but that's if everything got to
3: kick, we gotta, we still gotta make points,
2: yeah, right. <laughs> so, no, you said, so, so you said that, uh, so but Zane is out for a much longer period of time, correct? Because that yeah. I saw, um, I don't know if, if it was Vashti Hurt and Carolina Blitz that I saw it from, I think she either retweeted it or it was her video, but. Somebody had put, like, a phone down, like, at ground level when he was, like, doing the kick that caused it. And it was, like, right there at him. And you could see him, like, do the practice kick and just crumble to the ground. Um, I've never had yeah. a severe groin injury before. Stu, have you ever had a groin injury before?
3: I have in college. And I didn't know I had it. My, the training staff probably knew, but I didn't know. So I was out there not practicing but playing games. But it's pretty painful, man. You really can't. The fast twitch muscles do not go.
2: Hmm.
3: So, um, or kicker, especially.
2: I I would think that it just makes like life just super difficult. Miserable, very miserable, probably mentally
3: too, because it's like you're you're obviously everything else about you is fine until and then everyone's like, oh, your growing hurts. Well, have you ever been? (laughs) Kicked in the <laughs> so it's like the after, it would be like the aftermath of that, maybe. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, I saw – as soon as we went into the locker room Friday night, I saw Zane coming out of, like, the shower areas, walking to his locker on crutches, and I'm like, oh, man. Like, that's, that's not yeah. good. Like, anytime you see anybody on crutches, you immediately think the worst. So, right. yeah. I mean, he – again, Matt didn't want to confirm anything. It's not – season ending yet, but I think it's probably heading in that direction. If not, it's going to be very close. So whoever they decide to sign, whether it's Eddie Panera or Brian Johnson or somebody else, they had those two guys in today kicking. I don't know, but it's, it's definitely no, no, no pun intended, but a kick to the, the you know what, because of. The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Gonzalez always went from bouncing around to different situations and the Panthers had a, you know, pretty bad kicking situation a year ago trying to find one and then the two just found a good marriage and he made like I think 16 or 17 of his last kicks so yeah, know, that's a tough that's a tough loss
2: who's the um I keep forgetting his name who's the kicker that we drafted a couple of years ago like seventh round we cut him and he became Kansas City's kicker um, Bucket. Bucket. What, what was uh, yeah, but
3: Buck, Buck. Yeah, we're Harrison, Harrison Harrison, Harrison Buckner, 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 Buckner. Yeah, we used to call him a uh, butt kiss. <laughs>
2: <laughs> every time I every time one of our kickers goes down or they get cut or we get one injured, I think back to the fact that we had like one of the top kickers. Well, he's one of the top kickers in the league now, uh, kicking yeah. for Kansas City after kicking fifty five yarders or whatever, and we drafted him in the late round. And I think it was between him and um, who do we have before? Uh, Graham. Yeah, Graham Gano. Yeah, I think I think yeah. Graham won out or something, and. uh We ended up shipping them off to uh to Kansas City, I believe, for something. But uh circling back around to Sam Darnold, um, of course, when you know, of course this is gonna happen. They name a starter. So by default, Darnold's the backup. Very first game out after we named the backup, Darnold gets hurt. And of course, we haven't even Skyler, we haven't even made it to the regular season yet. And we're already talking about Cam Newton again. It, yeah. it just started popping up again in these press conferences. You probably knew it was going to happen like when you walked in the doors. Like, someone is going to ask about Cam Newton. It's not going to be me. <laughs> someone <laughs> going to ask about him. And, and it did happen. What do, what do you guys – now, you saying that, you know, he could be back during about like week three or whatever kind of tempers that to a degree. But uh, thoughts on – Thoughts on because <laughs> <laughs> <Poor guy. laughs> it was asked to Matt rule. I didn't I didn't actually hear his answer to that, but uh, I'm sure he answered it sure. very uh, platonically and just gave the right answer. What are What are you guys thoughts on Cam Newton potentially coming back in a backup role similar to how he just kind of got parachuted in last year?
3: I mean, the honest opinion for me is it's better than what you got right now. So for the Panthers. For, yeah. For the Panthers. I mean, I'm not sure how much it's going to cost. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's, so that would be, you know, the determining factor and whether or not, you know, Cam is what, willing to settle in that, in that formality. Um, but I mean, you know, I think obviously it's, it's one of those subjects that um, you have to be careful about because, you know, people are passionate about Cam for the right reasons. You know, I mean, you saw the effect that it took last year, you know, during the season where there's a lot of struggle. Um, and just him coming into the city, you know, boost the morale of people at work. You know, you go to Harris Teeter and, you know, people are excited. <laughs> just to go to work.
2: Yeah, it was I'm ready good. to
3: go to work and see the Panther, the Panther edition nachos. Uh, <laughs> but, but, um, you know, so you gotta be, you gotta tread lightly when you're, when you're talking about that subject specifically cam, because it gets people excited. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, anything's possible. And I think that's where you just gotta, you know, lean, you know, leave your hat on with that. So, um,
2: But I mean, that's my opinion. Let me let me ask that. Let me frame it in a different way. Should the Panthers bring back Cam Newton? Because I mean, we literally just did this last year, and we saw that as much as we would like to put a a fairy tale ending on the Cam Newton Panthers relationship, uh, I think that that was that home run out the tunnel thing. I think that was the end of the movie, like right there. Yeah, you know, like, and as a Panther fan and as a Cam Newton fan, I. I'm 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 about ninety percent at the point where I, I I'm actually hoping he just retires, like yeah. I just retire and move on to the next phase of your career. Because what I don't want to happen is for him to, uh, basically have to settle for roles just to be able to stay in the league for the next two, three, four years. And to yeah. me, I feel like last year was an eye-opening situation for Cam, where yes, he's back in the place he knows, the place where he's comfortable, the place he's had the most success, and. Yeah. Over time, while he was here, he saw his role get lesser and lesser, and he, we didn't really see Cam complain about it in the media or uh, anything like that. He was actually pretty reserved for Cam in terms right. of you know after those exactly. games. I don't think he'd want to come back. Do you think? He yeah, would I,
3: even- I, I think he. I think he would definitely. Um, I think last year was definitely eye opening. I mean, it's a, anytime you bring this type of situation into play, you got a new offense, you got a new team, new players, new coaching staff. So, I mean, yeah, the idea of bringing Cam back sounds glamorous to a lot of fans. And that's why I say you got to be careful about that talk and what you say, because people start chanting it on and then, and then it be, and then everything drifts away, starts drifting away for, you know, the actual team. You know what I'm saying? It's supposed to be about the Carolina Panther season and that Cam Newton coming back. Um, and the reason why I was saying it's better than what you got right now is because right now you got a lot of you know you've got two quarterbacks laid up, <laughs> so <Yeah>. I mean, <laughs> I would I would take a hel- a healthy Cam Newton, you know, you know if that was the only option we had, you know, what I'm saying it, so I wouldn't, you know, you know, bow my head and 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 pout, you know, if that was the uh, that was the last, you know, determining, you know. QB available. Um, but I think at the end of the day, man, um, the, you got to think about Baker Mayfield, you know, who, if anybody would you bring in, that would be a good pair for him. You know, who is going to be good for um, Baker to vibe with in, in quarterback meetings, um, locker room buddies, um, you know, out there on the field, helping him dial in, you know, throughout the week, you know, cause you know, a lot of the quarterbacks, you know, backup quarterbacks, you know, they share the duties and responsibilities of, of watching film and, and taking notes and, and pointing certain things out about defenses. Um, so that way they're fully prepared for Sundays. So you got to get the right guy. If you're going to get someone um, other than PJ, um, you know, to come in there and and, and make that, make that go.
0: Yeah, um, I, I, yeah, I gotta agree. I mean, like, I think if you look at the situation too, last year when they called Cam, there was an opportunity for Cam to not just take the starting job, but potentially be the starter this year. Now, that's kind of all changed because right now, even though Matt Corral's hurt, they view him as potentially the future, or mm-hmm. maybe puts up a good season, he's the future. So you got two guys already on this roster who the Panthers think that they could, you know continue to build with at, at that quarterback spot Does can want to come into a situation where he's a hundred percent the backup and will, can only be that I don't know like in plus two like what, what Jonathan was saying was like you have to have a guy that's gonna to mesh well with Baker in that quarterback room you don't want this to be turning from what was a healthy competition a healthy friendship in that quarterback room between Sam and Baker into something that's totally different I, I don't know how that would how that would work I mean Stu, I mean, what do you think? Could could those two types of personalities that are kind of similar in a way, could they coexist in that same room? Uh, I don't know.
2: (laughs) Anything's possible. (laughs) (laughs) Anything's possible. That's so so much personality in one room that I I don't know if it's needed. Um,
0: Here's the big question, too. Cam signed for, what, $8 million last year?
2: Yeah, for not even a full season. Like, Yeah, he came in, what, like, beginning of October or something like that? Or yeah, October.
0: $8 million to, for, to start five games, essentially. Right. right. You're signing him before the season starts. That price is going to be a little bit higher. I don't care what right. he did last
2: year. Plus, yeah. he didn't know the playbook, like, at all. He's literally yeah. coming in the same way he did last yeah. year. And he said specifically last year at the end of the season that he didn't want to do that, where he just parachuted mm-hmm. in someplace and had to play from behind day one when he's coming yeah. in. I don't know if he's really we haven't really heard from Cam except for uh he did a podcast or something a couple months back, I think at the beginning of the summer. But to be honest, I haven't really seen Cam uh doing much of anything in terms of being out there uh this summer. And I'm actually kind of surprised no one picked him up. Uh to be a backup someplace. Maybe that's because he doesn't want to be a backup someplace. So maybe he's he sounded like he had come to terms with his career at the end of last year in that last press conference where he was kind of reflecting on stuff. It kind of sounded, I can tell
3: you this. I can tell you this cam cam. If cam gets the right call, that boy is going to play. Yeah. So, I mean, and obviously I think it just has to, the stars have to align with the right coaching staff, the stat, like the, the right, you know, offensive coordinator to where something that he goes in and he knows the plays, he knows kind of the, you know, the terminology, in um, the direction that the offense is going, um, to where he can gel with, because um, I know he's still working out. I mean, so he's in shape. That, that's a given. Um, and I think also too, you know, if he's going to retire, he's going to let people know he's going to retire.
2: I would imagine he probably it'd be like a big deal. He'd put something yeah. out, kind of yeah, episode or something. It wouldn't just be like a you know I'm yeah. out.
3: Yeah, he's yeah he's he's controlling his own narrative in his own yeah. way, which is the reason why a lot of people don't really know. It's like, what is Cam doing?
0: So, does Ben do strike you as a Cam Newton type of like quarterback coach? I mean, I just I don't know, no, 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 <laughs> not,
3: not at all. Not even close.
2: Now it, it may have helped Cam to have someone. Skyler, like I you think you really might have good.
3: answered everyone's question. Yeah, I think
2: you did. You nailed him right there. So everybody, Dang, can you just, nailed uh, us.
3: You nailed <laughs> us. All right, Panther fans. Uh, Skyler has told us that it is not going to happen. Um, so just chalk it up. Don't bring Cam's name yeah, up stop ever it. again. As long as you have uh, Ben McAdoo as our offensive <laughs> coordinator.
2: So, like in three weeks we'll be out of tight ends and people are like I wonder if Cam can play tight end like I mean literally like it just feels like no matter what we <laughs> do or we can just Greg just come back <laughs> Greg come back
0: yeah Greg, so, Greg, hey, Greg come come hey I don't know, I don't know where, where Jay Stu's at but if, if Christian gets hurt again your name might start popping up
3: Dude, <laughs> yes. look I we'll got the goal line we'll, carry right we'll it, here. You know we'll, we'll
0: make it happen. We'll put it in
2: existence <laughs> right now. Hey, thinking about a cup? Nah, I ain't hey, going to do it. Nah, I ain't um. coming back.
3: Only, <laughs> reason I, only way I come back is if they tell me, hey, these are the three plays we got. Dive <laughs> dive over the, the goal line left, dive over the goal line,
2: right? You want that, that Tech Mobile Bo Jackson yeah, playing yeah, where he just gets yeah, that yeah. one play. In that <laughs> room
3: might be mad at me, though. Cause I'm definitely sticking my the ball over the goal line.
2: <laughs> so, so I get, we say all this and so we ignore the elephant in the room that PJ Walker is now the legit number two quarterback uh, of this football team as he was the past, you know, couple of years. So yeah. I, we really shouldn't be like nervous cause he's in the same role that he's been in for the past couple of years, for the Panthers, uh, which is a luxury that I guess, you know, we should be happy to have a lot of, a lot of, you know, teams didn't have, you know, but I think
3: where where we're coming from right now is it's been too long. We we yep. need to have the winning formula. Um, there's too many. We have we have scouts. We have we've had an off season. We've we've developed guys. We've gotten the coaches in. We've gotten the pieces in here. We got Baker in there. So let's not go and just like you know do a half job. Of creating depth. You know, you want depth at the offensive line, you want depth over there on defense. Quarterback position sometimes just gets overlooked. Like, okay, we gotta start a quarterback, um, and we're gonna win the football game. You gotta have somebody else that's gonna, that's gonna at least step in there. I mean, for instance, I mean, say something happens to Baker where he has to retape his fingers or something, I don't know, like that's a pivotal that's a pivotal moment in a game. I remember oh, Derek Anderson ha- Derek Anderson had to go in there for Cam plenty of times for 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 the four plays. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? To keep things going and keep things going in the right direction. Um so you just don't want to have if if there's an opportunity to 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 make that position that depth stronger, you got to do it.
2: The um so we'll see how this plays out. Sam Darnold out four to six weeks, but of course we have two weeks before the season even begins. So a couple of weeks, and then they'll probably reevaluate Sam. I doubt they're going to put him on IR if, if that's the case. So unless it just isn't, you know, I healing. Mean, high ankle sprains are. Yeah, like, that's pretty,
3: pretty. I've had my them. share. I'll tell you that
2: it's in not like high, a week long thing. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, not, so. yeah, it's
3: not. Yeah, if you're not built to, it's not for the faint. Like you, legitimately if you retweak it right when you're like, oh, I feel better, if you retweak it, you're back to squares, square one. It, it,
2: looked <laughs> it looked worse than that when it happened, too. So, like, I think he kind of got off, you know, easy with it being a high yeah. ankle sprain, and that's saying, you know, just the severity of the injury.
0: But The fact that it was a 290-pound defensive lineman falling Yeah. On it, it yeah. I mean, it looked, like, it looked bad when it happened.
3: But like Desmond, I'm telling you, you'd rather break your ankle than have a,
2: yeah. a high ankle sprain man so <laughs> no, four to six weeks is being generous it sounds like generous I mean, like, you
3: really you really a three month Ooh. if you just rehab him for three months then yeah. he'll be fully recovered wow so for i mean life. we're
2: talking almost the whole season
3: i mean if he comes back he's gonna be dealing with it i can tell you that mm.
2: so. and of course we in a perfect world baker never gets hurt and this never really comes into play and baker plays well during the season so we'll We'll see how that goes. Um, instant reactions. Uh, Coach Matt Rule spoke to the media today. Scholar was out there uh, at Panther practice, so he heard some of this here. Uh, I pulled two clips from Matt Rule, one on Robbie Anderson, because I'm starting to wonder if Robbie is in danger of losing his spot um, in terms of just production. And I know that they have been talking about him. Terrence Marshall needs to get out there because he's been dinged up. He hadn't really got a lot of reps. Uh, meanwhile, Sha Smith is out here showing out in preseason, and uh, Rule has had very high compliments for, for Smith. Uh, he almost talks about him as if he's trying to figure out a way to get him in the starting lineup. Here's uh, Coach Rule's comments on Robbie Anderson.
1: I think Robbie, um, you know, Robbie, we're just trying to make sure uh, that we identify the, the things that he does really well within this offense that we can accentuate with him. Everyone knows Robbie, you know, he's a can, can catch the deep ball, but I think the things Robbie is. When I mean, you go back and study him two years ago, caught a lot of balls across the middle, a lot of catch and run catches with his hands. And so what you don't want is you don't want coaches to start putting a vision on a guy. Oh, he's a deep ball. Robbie can catch the ball all over the field in the middle of the field. So um, I think building that chemistry with uh, Baker and building that trust with Ben, I think that's what it really what it comes down to Ben's going to call the plays He's going to put guys in positions. What I like about what we're doing on offense right now is if you watch the games. It's not all going through one person. You know, and I know it's a preseason, but the ball seems to be getting to everybody. And so, um, you know, on one side, people will say like, "Hey, you know how come, how come there's not one tight end with eight catches?" But I like seeing Sully get a catch and Tommy have a catch or two. I like seeing the ball spread out. So, uh, but I, I'm looking for that from Robbie. I'm looking for Robbie to really cement himself in some key roles in the passing game.
2: Thoughts on uh, he didn't really say much anything, uh, really. To be honest, I'll just put that out there. Uh, he didn't really. <laughs> he didn't really say yes, I'm a Robbie Anderson guy. He didn't really throw him on the bus either. He just kind of gave the, you know, the coach talk, Yeah, Robbie's out there, he's doing some things. Uh he catches the ball with his hands. Like, I mean, what? <laughs> so like I mean, I think you-
3: that was the I think that was the generic version of he hasn't seen Robbie practice in a couple of weeks. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And um, you know, I think, you know, as a head coach coming into going into a season, gotta make a lot of decisions coming here shortly. Um you know, I think that was more so maybe even a challenge publicly, um, you know, letting, you know, some guys know, <laughs> you know, there's there's some spots open. <laughs> I mean, I, mean I, know you know, a, I know he got yeah.
2: a uh, contract extension yeah. last year uh, before yeah, last the season. But he had, yeah, last year. In no way guarantees you a starting role, uh, Robbie Anderson. So yeah. I guess my question to both of you would be, how confident in you that Robbie Anderson's going to be able to hold on to that starting position, because there does seem to be uh, a couple of wide receivers. Uh, DJ Moore is fine, but there seems to be a couple. Rashard Higgins uh, has a thing with Baker Mayfield. They played at Cleveland together. And then Shai Smith, like I said, uh, rule kind of went out of his way to kind of say that they're trying to figure out a place to put him uh, or or he's going to, he basically say he's going to make the roster. From what I'm hearing from, if you read between the lines, he talked about him punt returning, getting them extra reps, uh, kickoff return, stuff like that, because they needed somebody back there to do that. And he's getting a lot of reps at wide receiver. Uh, Skyler, you've been to a lot of these press conferences where Shot Smith's name has been brought up. What are your thoughts on this? And do you think Shot Smith has a shot to maybe surplant Robbie Anderson in the starting lineup sometime here?
0: Oh, yeah, he definitely does. I, I don't know if it'll be anytime soon, but I think at some point throughout the season, if Robbie is kind of what he was, again, last year, yeah, they're gonna shuffle some things up. I mean, Terrace Marshall hasn't practiced much either. I mean, he's been banged up um, a bunch too. And there's there's some you know talk that maybe he could be a surprise cut. Terrace Marshall. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's if we we'll, if we'll actually see that. But you know, it's it's got to get to a point for Robbie where. And I hate to really criticize guys because I don't know their situations. I don't know what they, how they view everything. But to me, Robbie seems like a guy like that's not fully committed to it. And I don't know if that's true or if that's just always been Robbie, if that's his way of doing things. But I mean, this is a guy that for the second straight off season did not come in for OTAs. And again, I'm, it's, it's not mandatory, but when you have a new quarterback and a new offense, I would want to be there. Right. I mean, I would want to get there to learn the quarterback, learn the offense, take those actual live reps. Cause Everyone knows you can sit there and study playbook all you want, but until you actually go out there and do those actual reps, train your muscles to do those certain things, you're really not going to be accustomed to it. So it's like he's always trying to play catch up and then he gets to, you know, fall camp and now he's dealing with another injury or two and he's missing more time. So it's like by the time he gets to week one, is he even gonna be ready mentally to to be able to to be what Robbie needs to be? I don't know. Those
2: are all good points. I mean, I feel yeah. like he's behind the eight ball right now. And he uh honestly, he had that one good year with us with Teddy at quarterback and looking back on it. Yeah, he went over a thousand yards, but Teddy, Teddy, yeah, Teddy was dinking and dunking like the whole year. He didn't really that was actually one of our complaints that he never really went deep and he, he relied a lot on. Uh, Those underneath, just everything break down, just throw it five yards out, throw it five yards out, get it to the running back, just get it to the run. So his completion percentage was like 68% or something nuts like that. But uh, his touchdowns were low. Robbie was a huge benefactor of Teddy Bridgewater being here. But then, you know, next year, following year, Sam Darnold here, they had uh, played together, you know, with the Jets. And we didn't see that chemistry or whatever, uh, those first three games. And then Robbie just kind of faded throughout the year i think he only had like 500 some yards receiving last year uh it's not a guarantee he'll be there i'm actually kind of looking for someone else that has like a bigger chip on their shoulder on that other side like i'm not worried about dj Moore at all to me dj Moore's has proven i feel like he's a top 10 top 12 wide receiver in the league right now you know three Agreed. straight 1100 yard seasons considering the quarterbacks he's had throwing to him in those three seasons i think that's a super accomplishment uh for him kudos to the panthers for uh securing that bag before the wide receiver uh, salaries exploded like two months later because they, they got T.J. on a steal.
0: <laughs> they yeah. got that deal but on steal. It yeah. out there because of Robbie's contract before, when you gave him all that money. Yeah. And and I still think that's one of the, the worst deals that Scott Fitter did since he's been here. I mean, he hasn't made very many bad ones, but is giving him that extension with him still under contract for a year before – Ever playing a snap with the new quarterback? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And, and they
2: seem like they've stopped doing that because uh, they they were in the habit of doing that a lot. Uh, in that first it felt like in the first year of Matt Rule, where they was extending guys without you know getting reason to extend them. But um, I just thought it was interesting that you know somebody asked about Robbie Anderson, and that was kind of the answer that uh, Coach Rule gave. It wasn't really a a vote of confidence at all when you listen to it. But keep an eye on that situation because I think a lot of people have Robbie and uh, DJ penciled in as day one starters. And I don't know if that's necessarily the case. You know, we might see, you know, one Sunday. Yeah, it could be Sean Smith in that spot instead of Robbie. Robbie might be number three. Like it, it would not be a surprise if it happens. So Panther fans, keep keep an eye on that. Uh, Matt Rules also asked about the defensive side, and one of our favorite players here on the Believe in Panther podcast, uh, going into his third third season, uh, safety Jeremy Chen.
1: Well, I think uh, Jeremy, um, he's a. He's a difference maker on our defense, um, physical presence. He, you, know, you saw in the game there, he makes p- runs pop. He's kind of that eraser and the ball does pop. He's going to go down and make tackles. He's versatile. You can blitz him. He can play man. Um, you know, he was shoot and played him at linebacker the first year. So uh, I think there's so many different things that he can do, but I also think he has an edge to the edge to him. Like, and he comes over here, he smiles, you know, but he's got a little bit of an edge to him uh, as a player. He likes to be physical. He likes to, he likes to play the game. And so, um, I think he just fits right in, kind of with that, that that cast of guys we have on defense.
2: Thoughts on Jeremy Chin? Um, exploded as a rookie. Uh, many people thought he might have been the steal of that draft where uh, where the Panthers drafted him. I believe it was a second round Skylar that they got him. Second yeah. round. Um, yeah, to to Southern Illinois. Not a lot of people really knew about him um, at the time. He made a name for himself that that rookie year. I still say he should have been Rookie of the Year instead of Chase Young, uh, just based off of what he contributed to that defense that season. And then last year was a key uh, player on a Panther defense that uh, finished second uh, overall in yards allowed guys your thoughts on Jeremy chin and what he can do in year three to become not just one of the Panthers best players, but one of the best defensive players in the league. Uh, Stu, I'll let you go first.
3: Um, you know, from the jump draft, you know, once his name went across the screen, I remember it cause I was watching the draft and, I immediately looked them up, and when I look people up, I go straight to YouTube and just look up some highlights and whatnot, and I saw maybe like 30 seconds, and I was like, oh, yeah. My (laughs) man man bringing hat. Um, But just his ball awareness, man, Um, you know, just always being around the ball. Luke Keekly, it was a guy that was always around the ball. He knew where he should be um, to make a play. And good defensive players, you know, especially in the secondary, Ed Reed, you know, he's always in the vicinity of a ball just popping loose and him grabbing it or being in the right position to, you know, jump a, a route for an interception and taking it to the house. Um, I mean, how many touchdowns does he have? He What, two, maybe?
2: Uh, yeah, actually, two didn't have a game? Didn't he have a, game, he have two, a game last year? Two in one game?
0: It was the, his rookie year against Minnesota. He had the, the fumble recovery and then the, uh, was it another fumble? But he had two fumbles. Refu- fumble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah
2: Strip
3: recovery touchdown. Yeah. Yeah, about,
2: yeah.
3: Um, so, I mean, you got a guy like that that's just making plays out the gate. That's come, that's an instinct thing. He's, he's born and gifted with that. Um, now what great defensive players do is they elevate the play of the players around them and so i feel like that's what he does and i feel like that's what he's getting used to in communication um you know to his peers um you know and i think really you know the sky's the sky's the limit for him you know and if he gets the help you know in front that he needs he'll be able to play even more free
2: uh scholar talk about the the way this defense has been built because the literally top priority. When Matt rule came in, it felt like they cleaned the entire defense out. Uh, with Luke Kuechly, of course, retiring, um, it it basically cleared the slate. The only person that's really left is Shaq Thompson. At this point, there's a lot of youth, a lot of draft choices have been used on the defense the past couple of years. Chen, of course, being one of the the crown jewels of those draft picks. But uh, to me, the secondary is the strongest unit on this Panther team in terms of what they've done in the off season and what they've been able to, to hold on to Dante Jackson, resigning uh, back to the secondary picking up Xavier Woods for that other safety. spot. I think is a huge uh, pickup for Thank them much. that no one's really talking about when it comes to the Panthers. So now you can put chin and Woods at safety. You got Dante Jackson, JC Horn, who I think some people forgot we drafted last year in the first round. It's almost like getting a second first round pick this year. He was showing signs of a, of a shutdown corner, those three games that he played. Uh, you've got him on one side, Dante Jackson on the other, uh, and you got C.J. Henderson, who you traded for uh, in the middle of season last year, who was the top ten pick for Miami in the 2020 season. Uh, that'll probably be out there, too, because if, if I'm not mistaken, the defense kind of plays with five defensive backs, two linebackers, almost like a nickel type of formation uh, for the, that, that back seven. Skylar, your thoughts on this defense, how it's been built, and can the defense – help this team make the playoffs?
0: They're going to have to. I mean, that's that's pretty much the one way they're going to get there because um, they're not going to outscore people. I mean, th- this will be an improved offense because of the o- line changes that they made, getting Baker, so on and so forth. But this offense still isn't constructed to, to match scores with Buffalo, you know, or New Orleans or Tampa Bay, you know, teams like that, the, the upper the echelon offenses in the league. So if they play good defense – and they can control the clock for mo- for the most part, and I think eliminate the turnovers, which was a big thing last year. And then two defensively, one of the big things Phil Snow's been harping on is actually creating the turnovers because they even though they were good defense last year, really didn't turn to b- create or create enough turnovers, and they they were just god awful in the red zone. Now part of that might just be from getting bad field position because of the offense, but those are some you know some areas that they want to get better at. I, I do think. This is still probably a top ten defense. I think they take a step back. The only reason I say that is because two things: the you don't have Hassan Redick anymore, so you got to find a replacement for him. I don't know if I've seen enough from Yitor Grossmotoz or Marquis Haynes or anybody like that that can bring a similar, or even half what similar presence that Hassan Redick had off the edge. If they don't have that that presence on the opposite side of Burns guess what teams are going to start doing to Brian Burns? They're going to start double-teaming him, chipping him, throwing tight ends as well. Like He's going to get so much attention, and it's going to really kind of just bottle up the Panthers' pass rush. Number two, this team really struggled in terms of stopping the run last year, especially the wide zone. Looks like that's still a problem this year against Buffalo on Friday night. Their twos were just pushing – the Panthers ones around in some instances, and I know you're going to have that. The pros too, but it's not been promising. So I, I think that the defense has to get better in the run game. They've got to find somebody else. Maybe it's off the waiver wire uh, to to help bring that pressure. But outside of that, I think it's a fairly good defense.
2: Yeah, it's crazy too because you talk about the the Panthers run defense. I don't think the average Panther fan truly understands how much Luke keekley covered in the no, run game. No like it's insane when you watch like what he was doing like he would he would arrive at the spot in the backfield where the the running back is supposed to go before the running backs even gotten like he's waiting on him like when he gets yeah. there it's just you see like he he would run through the line and just and meet you like at this vector point like in his mind like he just knew that's where you were going to be I've, I've never known a linebacker to watch film like luke keekly does like he like a like a coach like he literally I'm surprised he has not been approached to be a defensive coordinator yet at this point, uh, or maybe he has, and we just haven't heard I'm about pretty
3: sure he, I'm pretty sure he, he has. has. The
2: Panthers Go <laughs> we'll talk to this dude. But, like, uh, he, ever since he left, the run defense has been kind of uh, – So-so. Yeah, leaky. Uh, like, that <laughs> you can run up the middle. You can run up the middle on the Panthers, which is strange because our first uh, pick under the Matt Rule era was, you know, Derek Brown, who by all accounts has had a Pretty good start to his pro career, but I would think that they're probably looking for a little bit more from a top 10 overall pick, uh yeah. Derek Brown. You know, you don't really hear his name called that much uh on Sundays, at least uh towards the end of last year. Um, that is that is a key point, though. They they've got to stop the, If they can't stop the run, they're not gonna be able to stop much of anything, no matter who they're playing. Um, uh, so well, the
3: the biggest ahead. thing is though, is we gotta be able to score. We got the offense has to score. You know what I'm go, saying? Go, no field goals. Cause once you, as an offense, you know, put your team in a situation where your, your opponent has a lead, they're going to run the ball. So when you run the ball, it's taxing on a defense. So yeah, we struggled in that department last year, but I also feel like, you know, the the team obviously knows that since we know that so hopefully they go in there with baker and say hey we need you to throw those touchdowns (laughs) we need you to make those (laughs) those tight throws and 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 be accurate and and make the right decision let's when we get in red zone no field goals you know so even though it wasn't
2: huh
0: yeah, I was a big, uh, a big fan of Jim Trussell or Ohio State. He always had this, this really good mindset of the boa constrictor, you know, where you just get a lead on the team in the second half, and if you play good defense and just run the ball, yep. you're going to win. You're going to slowly just kill that other team yeah. because, like like you said, you get a lead, run the ball, tire that defense out. It's going to keep milking that clock, and if you're ahead, yeah. you're going to be home.
2: I mean, and that's that applies to all levels of football. It can be Pop Warner. It could be uh I called a high school football game uh and on the other side of Raleigh Friday night. And the the team that won, I won't I won't go into the names of the teams or whatever. The team that won had forty seven points at halftime. So it was a running clock going to the third quarter. Who and- was this? Blast them! Blast them! I I wasn't going to bring it up, but uh, I I do play-by-play for East Forsyth here uh, in uh, in North Carolina, and they were playing Rollsville. So these are two top teams in North Carolina, like ranked like number like number two, number three, like collectively between them. And uh, East went on the road and just dumped out thirty-six points in the second quarter, and uh, (laughs) it went to a running (laughs) clock. And when it went to the running clock in the second half, literally the plan was run the ball, don't let them do anything. And just, I mean, it's a running clock. Literally, the second half, look, the second half in real time took like eighteen minutes, like literally, because oh. because the running clock doesn't stop for injury, timeout. Yeah. When you score, like it's just oh, running. Man. So like we're sitting there calling the game. I look up. There's like three minutes left in the third quarter. I'm like, what? No, we just started. What's going on? Like the refs are like. So start I have bus- in my
3: brain. I'm, I'm I'm trying to picture this. Was were they the same size? Same size. Uh, yeah. Same size team.
2: <laughs> Yeah, dude, Roseville was like the number two team in the whole East or something like that. East came in as the the number two team in the Western region. And they uh, just put these
0: rankings together,
2: then uh, these are from Max Press. so man, yeah, we
0: recheck that. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind a little fabric, oh, right?
2: They, they, they adjusted the uh rankings, uh, they didn't even wait to Monday, like they got to yeah, Sunday man, morning, sure. like yeah, they we need,
3: need to, to be at the top really 25.
2: <laughs> so, but, but my point being, it, yeah, once you get up on somebody like that, stop the run, run the ball, like yeah. it never changes, it doesn't matter what level of football you're playing. And the Panthers, to Skyler's point couldn't stop the run at key points last year. And it kind of made games that they probably could have won into games that they were either chasing at the very end or uh, a game you look back on like that Minnesota game. We were just talking about two years ago. I think they lost that game, didn't they? Even though they had the two, yeah, yeah, they had the two uh, turnovers by my chin. They were
0: were up and then uh, Minnesota came back at the end. I can't remember exactly what happened, but they won like right at the end. But I mean, Mm -hmm. like Phil Snow said a couple of times last year, when we talked to him during the week, and he he alluded to it like if you if a team has an opportunity to run the ball forty times a game they're going to do it as they're much as a it. passing league as it is just because if you put the ball in the air you're the, there's more risk that you're you're going to turn the ball over I mean yeah. you can still fumble it but the odds are just completely different
2: yeah it's true I mean it's all true and I prefer the teams that are run first like the ones that that's the basis of their offense. And you, you you build your passing game off your run game, as opposed to a lot of teams now that have gotten, they've fallen in love with the pass game. And then when weather happens or something happens, to that quarterback's hand or, or you're missing the key wide receiver, they can't do anything because they're not used to running the football. Like, so they just become one dimensional. We've seen Kansas city that happened to them a couple of times and there's been zero reason for that to happen to them, but they, they usually figure it out by the end of the year. Uh, I'm going to go past the, uh, I had a clip for PJ Walker as well, but we already talked about him early in the podcast and I'm seeing the time here. I want to get to our wild predictions because I, you yeah. guys teased this to me like uh, almost under an hour ago that both y'all were going to come with some heat on this. So I'm going to let you guys, we're going to do it clockwise. So I'm going to start off with you, Skyler. then we'll hit Jay stew and then I'll go, we'll go back around one more time. Um Wild predictions, NFL version, no Carolina Panther predictions in this. We'll do that next week specifically, but for this, all divisions, everybody, this is it. So, Skyler, give me your wild prediction for uh, the twenty twenty two NFL season. Uh, your first one here.
0: All right, most
2: nervous to ask. <laughs> we're, we're, doing,
0: we're doing two, right? We're yeah, doing one at a time. All right. yeah. I'll save my, my my juicier one for last. So, my first one is going to be the Denver Broncos finish dead last in the AFC West, and do so by at least two games. Ooh. I think the Chargers, the Raiders. The Chiefs are all much better, and I do not buy the Russell Wilson hype, and I don't think that he's the Mr. Fix at all to that team. You look at what he had in Seattle last year. I mean, he had DK Metcalf. He had Chris Carson. He had Tyler Lockett. Like, he had options. He obviously didn't have an offensive line, but the there's not much of a difference between the Seattle and Denver rosters, and I don't see how Russell Wilson is going to come in and just be like what Peyton Manning did and bring them to a the Super Bowl. I just don't see it, especially with the toughest division of football. No, Denver's yeah. dead last.
2: That Denver team, when Peyton Manning parachuted in, they already had everything but a quarterback, pretty much. They had a top-ranked defense. They had Demarius DeMar- Thomas and, like, skill position players and a good offensive line. You drop in somebody like Peyton Manning into that? I mean, they were bound to do something, and they ended up breaking a bunch of records and ended up winning a Super Bowl. Um I'm scared to ask. Stu, what you got, got, man? Don't be scared, man. Because when you you said it earlier before we started, it felt like you've been thinking about this before I even brought it up. Like, (laughs) you you had, like, the whole weekend to kind of just sit around. I was like, you know what? I think this is going to happen this year. What what you got? Uh,
3: (laughs) Man, look. Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to be last in the division. Oh, you stole mine.
2: You stole mine.
0: Oh, okay. That might I, just top my nuts. I'll just, so, I'll, I'll just piggyback
2: on it because I was one a month. Tampa Bay will miss the playoffs. Like, yeah, I was one a month.
3: It ain't I, gonna be so sweet. I, nah. mean, I feel like, I feel like the vibe over there right now is just too shaky. Like, like you got your, you got your veteran, Hall of Fame, all time, best football player ever to walk the earth, <laughs>
2: the dipping
3: in and out of practice. it's not a good vibe over there right now. This is, this is not the old Tom Brady right now. That's just what I see from far away. Something Um, going on. Something going on. on.
2: Yeah. I don't Um, know what,
3: I think, you know, it it starts from up top. I think, you know, going into this off season, I feel like I was shaky, you know, with the coaching change. And, and then all of a sudden he's still in the building. And like, if I'm a player, you know, I'm out there at practice. And I'm looking at the gate where everybody comes in for practice, and I'm looking for Tom to show up. That's doing something to my spirits. So, um, yeah, you know, he's 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 at camp now. I'm pretty sure everything's running really nice, but I think it's all false. I think uh, I think they're going to end up dead last.
2: The you know, you didn't touch on the personnel issues they're having. Like he's oh. not going to have Chris Godwin. He's not going to have Gronk. Uh, nope. He's missing his entire line. interior of his offensive yeah. line, and offensive like, line
3: yeah. looking like like uh, our offensive line last
2: year. <laughs> if we you put know, Tom so. Brady behind that offensive line, yeah, Tom Brady would so. not be coming back to play at age forty five. That
3: you know, might have been the reason why he checked out.
2: <laughs> I think so. I really. It was like, oh, he had this planned or whatever. Like this was already there. Who plans a ten day vacation in the middle of <laughs> Freedom camp? Like,
0: like I mean, I know it's Tom Brady, but come on. Hey, it's like been, It just didn't he, make me sit. I think he was like... He sorry, went to go get now. a steel
3: plate in his ribs. That's what he <laughs> did. All like, right.
0: Please help me. I,
2: I got a situation at <laughs> work. But no, I think he, he seriously was like, hey, let me reevaluate this. I don't want to say I'm not coming back, but I need some time away to figure out if I really need to do this. He went away yeah. for two weeks, came back. He's like, okay. Like I said last week, he made the commitment. I guess I need to show up and play. But I wrote it down. Tampa Bay will miss the playoffs. Uh, I'll, I'll just... Add to that, so for my first one, Tom Brady will have his worst season of his career this year, because I don't see one of the things going back to that high school football game I was talking about. They that team had the number one uh, wide receiver in the state of North Carolina. He's committed to Ohio State, but he was a non-factor in that game because you can take a wide receiver out of a game if the quarterback can't get him the football, and that's literally what was happening. Like the quarterback was running for his life. Like he had like literally two seconds to kind of figure out, and then yeah. it just started coming at him and that's it's a great comparison one. right
3: there. That I is mean, a great comparison.
2: It just, I mean, you, you can't, it don't really matter if the quarterback's sitting on his behind in the backfield. It don't matter who you got at wide receiver. So I feel like the way Tom Brady and Peyton Manning were kind of built the same way in terms of they're not scramblers. They're not going to bootleg out and do all this who stuff. Who do you think's faster? Peyton Manning or Tom Brady? Yeah. Uh <laughs> oh, I just at the, I got at the, the age at the age of 37 who was faster oh my gosh oh. that would be an interesting race like like they could you remember they used to do the ABC uh, yeah. the NFL joints they would have in the soft yeah. seasons like uh, NFL Chris fastest Johnson. man and stuff yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they had I bet Daryl Green could beat both those dudes still right now <laughs> I mean, old Green. he's gotta be 60 something but he probably could still beat them. I think I'd go with Tom I think yeah. that I don't even like sound time, right. <laughs> I feel like Tom's faster. I, think, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like they'd be like shoving each other like the whole way down. Like, <laughs> 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 Oh, man. But no, <laughs> I, I feel like the interior of that offensive line is going to rattle Tom Brady. Tom Brady yeah. is a creature of of uh, repetition. And I think Peyton Manning was the same way. You got the same center. You got the same wide receivers. He doesn't have Gronk. He doesn't have a security blanket. He's missing dudes and
3: can't come back. Yeah, he comes back.
2: Matter of fact, we kind of expect him to about hmm, say probably about after week seven, week eight. He might get that phone call. Come on in. Or just after
3: training camp. Training camp's (laughs) over.
2: Just show up week one (laughs) with two touchdowns, two hundred yards, that would be grunt. Uh but no, I I just feel like Tom Brady's gonna regret coming back for this season. He should have just he should have finished 2020 to be honest. Walked off in the sunset after that seventh ring that he has nothing left to prove there's nothing left that's he owns all the records that he or he's close to pretty much all of them. I just, I don't understand having the mentality of I'm going to retire and then changing it 40 days later. My, my, my mentality would have been if I'm already thinking about retirement in my mind, I've retired, you know, yeah. like there's not a, I'm going to change my mind and come back like Michael Jordan type stuff. It's just, your body just changes, your mentality changes. So, for him to be, if he could pull this off, then I, I there's no way I can't call him. Yeah. I mean, he's right there right now, but yeah, he's gonna, it's gonna be a long season for uh, Mr. Thomas Brady. Uh, Skyler, real quick, your second wild prediction for the 2022 NFL season
0: the Detroit Lions will make the playoffs. Oh, you've
2: been watching Hard Knocks, haven't you? (laughs) You've been watching Hard Knocks. They get you every year. (laughs) Every year, Hard Knocks makes you think that team is going to do something.
0: I I love Dan Campbell. I don't know why, but I just love the energy. I feel like he's – the players can actually relate to him. They respect him. And I tell you what, and I I probably said this a couple times on the show, Jared Goff is not a complete bum. Like, he's a decent quarterback. He's not – I, I I know we're on a Panthers podcast, but he's not <laughs> Sam Darnold. like he's better than Sam Darnold. He's he's played in the Super Bowl before, even though he had a great defense. They've got some pieces around him now. They've so, signed, he's
2: signed a hundred million dollar contract. I mean,
0: yeah. he's not
2: a scrub by any means. They just wanted to upgrade from him to no, get I'm him, not. and they proved themselves right in L.A. But I'm not
0: saying they're going to make the Super Bowl or anything. But I I think they sneak in there. I
2: think we do. NFC North. Actually, that ain't bad because I can't figure out who's going to win that division because I, Aaron Rodgers can't throw the ball to himself. And I, can't. Don't, I don't think uh, okay. <laughs> he might try. <laughs> who knows? He might have to because I don't know who he's going to throw the football to. You better. <laughs> Chicago, keeping an eye on them. Uh, Justin Fields is look, it's been preseason, granted, but Justin Fields looks so bad,
0: man. The Bears are, (laughs) I
2: don't see, I don't think,
3: I don't think Fields has the factor, yeah. Justin Fields does not have the factor, like, he has the tools, he has the size, but he do not have it here. I look at him and I look at his face, and he and I don't trust him,
2: yeah, yeah. And Chicago, who's the greatest quarterback in Chicago Bears history, Jim McMahon? I mean, it's kind of like where quarterbacks go to their careers in. Like I can't think of another quarterback that's been successful in Chicago, like in my I'm forty four. I can't Man, think
0: Max of three. Grossman. Yeah, I was just about to say Gr- Grossman Cutler. I mean, you're talking like a
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> at least with Jim McMahon he was like cool. You know Matt I mean? Forte. You,
3: Matt Forte. Matt Forte. Well, he was the, the running, running back, back.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. He wasn't the quarterback, but he was the running back.
2: We can go back to like the that fix, was the... luckman, like way back in like the 40s or whatever. When soldier, well, still soldier field, the same building sitting there. But uh, George Hallis walking around, like I'm, I'm trying to think of a quarterback that's glorious. Devin Hester football.
3: throw a touchdown,
2: <laughs> he might have actually. <laughs> he did everything else for him, he might have. Um, yeah. give me your second wild prediction for the NFL season for 2022, Stu.
3: Um. Alright, this is kind of like a puzzle piece a little bit. <laughs> so, Houston Texans will win their division.
0: Okay.
2: Okay.
3: The Tennessee Titans and Malik what is that? Uh, uh, Willis, Willis. Yeah, Willis. Malik Willis. Malik Willis. Malik Willis will be the starter by week eight.
2: Ooh. Okay.
3: Somewhere around when whenever they play the Chiefs and they get destroyed because I feel like at this point, man, Derrick Henry is the king. Right. We just got done talking about running the ball and, and whatnot. If they don't get that engine going this year, it's it's if, if he's not the top rusher this year in the NFL, or if he's banged up, Cannon Hill ain't got it. Um but the way that the Texans have, you know, played during the preseason, they got Lovey Smith there. You know, I think that's, you know, an opportunity for him to to revamp his career. Um, And I think, you know, players, the the players for him, you know, know who he is and know what he represents and and whatnot. So I just feel like the Texans will win the division.
0: I was close. I was close to putting them over the lines, but. Wow. Yeah. I, I like Davis Mills. I think he's a decent Dave,
3: quarterback. Yeah, Davis Mills is a really good quarterback. And I like that running back, too, from the oh, um,
0: yeah. University
3: of Florida. Yeah, he's going to be nice. I Him, uh, Brian Robinson, Jr., man, uh, I'm glad that he's not in critical con- condition. Um, of oh, the right. running back or, yeah. uh, from Alabama Pierce. for the commanders. Um, I like the way he – I like both of them. They run strong physical – but not just strong, not strong and physical, but they really got that wiggle to them. Um, So I was definitely, you know, looking at the Texans. So.
2: it's pretty good. Um, That's pretty good. Uh, I agree with the Derrick Henry sentiment because usually those top rushers, they're not, it's not like you're a top rusher for 10 years, like over top of the league. Usually it's like, like a three, four year window where you're just like a peak. And we're kind of hitting that year three, year four of Derrick Henry. And we saw him get hurt last year. MS Law of the year, so that'll be something to keep an eye on uh, with them. I got one more hot take, though. Oh, hit me real quick, then.
3: I know we ain't supposed to talk about these Panthers. Oh. Oh,
2: no. But
3: let me go ahead and just give it to you. Saquon Barkley and Christian McCaffrey. I played with both of those cats, right? These are two of the most gifted individuals I've ever seen touch the ball as a running back that i've seen ever and they've been forgotten for the last couple of years because they've been hurt those two will be one and two top rushers this year okay. so i feel like that i feel like we're gonna be able to run the ball this year yeah more, more than more than people thought we would be um and so those those are my two hot takes, my three top takes, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're stuck, you're but but I just had I, I had
3: I had to get that off my chest.
2: You, you didn't want to wait till next week for right. my the one. You had to get that one in there. Yeah, but I, got I, uh, I
3: got other things. I got other things I got to say next yeah, week. We'll, but, yeah, yeah, we'll out.
2: Uh, we'll, uh, um, I agree with that. Uh, I, I've got some McCaffrey takes for next week. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, <laughs> um, I kind of got a hybrid one too. Usually when when two teams make the Super Bowl the next year one of them inevitably has like that Super Bowl hangover or whatever. And uh, I'm not really seeing people pick that with the two teams that made it this past year. It's going to be Cincinnati. Cincinnati's not going to make the playoffs this year. I just, I don't, I don't buy, I've I've been an NFL fan. As long as I can remember, I don't buy the Cincinnati Bengals being a a top shelf organization to be able to go back to back just their track record. Like I just, I don't buy even the Ocho Cinco, uh, you know, Marvin Lewis years where they were man, actually. So, not
3: so long ago, 2022,
2: man. <laughs> I'm just saying, even in those years when they actually were like content, well, not contenders, but like they could win a football game. They never really did you. it like back to back, you know, and yes, they I'll got tell you. This.
3: I'll tell you this. If they got an offensive line for Joe. I don't know. If they,
2: did they fix the
3: offensive line? In the offensive oh, yeah. Did
2: they, they did. I just, it's still Cincinnati. I feel the same way about the Browns. Like, I don't care you just how much don't like Cincinnati you just don't
3: like orange and black.
2: Probably I think maybe. Uh, maybe it's just Ohio or something. I don't yeah. know. But like We <laughs> yeah, talked about with the Ohio earlier
3: too. Yeah, so. we're
0: just dogging on Ohio.
2: <laughs> man laws live up in Ohio, but yeah, uh, the, my wife's over on the side of the place. But no, like I feel like they're bound to bingle. They're gonna bingle yeah. eventually. Something is gonna happen in the division they're in. Baltimore's going to bounce back. Half their team was on IR last year, and people kind of forget that. Lamar's in his peak, and Mike Tomlin's never had a losing record as Steelers head coach. Like, that's, I'm definitely not picking against that dude. So that's,
0: that was the one thing I was going to say, but I was like, yeah, it's really not a bold take because of the roster. But I think this is the first year that, you know, they. Oh, they never felt like what, the Tomlin finishes below 500? I think so, yeah. They almost did last year, didn't they? He I pulled mean, it out right, right there. end. banged up right now. That that could be a serious thing. That yeah. defense, look, they could they could sack anybody. And me and my buddy talked about this the other day. They could they could have fifty sacks this year, but that doesn't mean that they can't tackle. Like that secondary is not good. Like Mick and Fitzpatrick's Patrick's decent, but man, that secondary got burned a lot last year. Outside He's of sack, still there, Joe Hayden. Is he
2: I don't he, even know if he's there actually. I don't know. I don't know if Joe oh, Hayden's store check real quick. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. I, this is hard to pick against him. Yes, uh no. Actually, two hours ago, Joe Hayden calls report of having no interest in Steelers reunion communication fake news. So apparently he's not with them, but is he with anybody? No, he doesn't have a I don't. Know, I don't We'll see. I'm, trying to, I'm
3: trying to imagine the <laughs> secondary for the Pittsburgh Steelers right now, and that's the only, place, that's the only <laughs> trigger that yeah. came across my brain. He's a free uh, agent.
2: He's still a free Well, as far as I can tell, he's still a free agent. So that's weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, look So
3: this right. could be Thomas down here. Yeah, yeah, oh man,
2: yeah. (laughs) I mean, it, I I didn't even get to the Patriots because I I don't think the Patriots are gonna make the playoffs either. Like, there's nothing about the Patriots that's intriguing to me.
3: Stale team in
2: the NFL. (laughs) Roll 11 dudes out there and just see what you
3: happens. They're going to end up having 10 wins this year. Watch.
2: <laughs> right, exactly. They're going to win every game by like three points. <laughs>
3: <laughs> by, by, by sack. By,
2: uh, I don't even know. Like, Jack just... Jones is going to throw for like 130 yards and yeah. like a touchdown and two picks. They're still going to win the game. Everyone's going to mm-hmm. be looking around like, how are they doing this? It's witchcraft. It's magic. Um, I know Skyler's got to get out of here. I know I got to get All out of right. here. I got to get out of here. Uh, You guys have been watching and listening to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Uh, We'll get you those Panther predictions, uh, wild predictions for the upcoming season. We'll get you ready for week one because by the time you see us again, it'll be, you know, game week. We'll be getting ready for uh, the September 11 kickoff against the Browns uh, at Bank of America Stadium. Uh, I might try to get down to Charlotte and maybe try to get in there and see that. So, We'll see. Um, we'll get all that. Plus, any news and notes that happen over between now and next Monday, we'll hit you with that as well. Make sure you check us out on the Believe Podcast Network. Follow Believe at Believe on Twitter. For Jonathan Stewart, for Skylar Callahan, I'm Desmond Johnson. You've been listening and watching to the Believe in Carolina Panthers podcast. Keep pounding. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform.